You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more. She seems just fine to me. No more. She should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you joined us tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, man. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The CDC is now warning residents of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut to refrain from non-essential travel for two weeks. NPR's Amy Held reports the advisory for the region with the most coronavirus cases in the country falls short of the quarantine President Trump had been threatening. The CDC issued its first domestic travel advisory related to the outbreak late Saturday saying due to extensive community spread in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, residents should avoid traveling. Those in critical jobs like public health, trucking, and food services are exempt. The federal agency says implementation is up to the governors. They have already imposed restrictions, including shutting non-essential businesses. Earlier, President Trump said he was considering a quarantine of the region, but critics said he lacks the legal authority, with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo likening the move to a declaration of war on states. Trump backed off the idea. It comes as several states are requiring self-quarantines for those fleeing New York. Amy Held, NPR News. 
The U.N. has contributed 250,000 protective face masks to New York City for use by health care workers in the fight against the coronavirus. Linda Fasulo reports that Mayor Bill de Blasio picked up the surgical masks at a loading dock at U.N. headquarters this weekend. In a statement, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres praised medical professionals in New York City for working courageously and selflessly and said he hoped the protective masks would play some small role in saving lives. The surgical masks had been found in U.N. storage. Guterres said U.N. and U.S. mission to the U.N. personnel are working with the mayor's office to deliver the equipment to medical facilities. Figures released this weekend by the Louisiana State Health Department show nearly 140 people have died from the coronavirus outbreak. Most of the fatalities occurred in the New Orleans metro area, which is fast becoming one of the major hotspots in the pandemic. Patrick Madden with member station WWNO is in New Orleans. The number of known coronavirus cases in Louisiana jumped more than 20% Saturday, with more than 3,000 people now testing positive for the deadly virus. And concern is mounting over the ability of New Orleans area hospitals to meet the expected crush of coronavirus patients who need ventilators and beds in ICU units. There's also fear that nurses, doctors, and other healthcare workers don't have enough personal protective equipment like N95 masks, and the city has started an equipment drive to take in donated gear. The governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, says he wants to begin using the convention center in New Orleans to start housing patients who've tested positive for the coronavirus. For NPR News, I'm Patrick Madden in New Orleans. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. I've always known this is a this is a real this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. I don't have the support that I need and even just the materials that I need physically to take care of my patients and it's it's America and we're supposed to be a first world country. I'm wondering what your message God, is to, to a doctor like that, to the other medical professionals, the nurses who are out there on the front lines taking care of everyone. They have to get whatever's needed first. 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 Because look, the thing that the experts talk to me about in the morning is what happens if these docs are the ones that are getting sick. The docs and the nurses and the, and the first responders aren't available. Everything goes to hell. Everything gets worse exponentially. They need the help immediately. They need the ventilators. They need the equipment. They need the masks. They need the protection. And they need it now. I spoke to the president this morning, actually just before I came in today. I apologize for being a few minutes late. Uh, And the president approved four new sites for emergency uh, medical facilities. One in Brooklyn at the Port Authority cruise ship terminal, it's called. One in Queens at Aqueduct Racetrack. One on Staten Island. And uh, one in the Bronx at the New York Expo Center. I went and toured these sites yesterday. They are perfect. Well, perfect. 
none of this is perfect. They are appropriate and suitable to bring in large-scale medical facilities, the 100,000 square feet, 120,000 square feet. They're open. They have electric. They have climate control, etc. Uh, so this is going to be a big advantage. This is going to be a, we'll add another 4,000 beds, and there's one in every borough in New York City. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wild. Good Sunday morning to you folks. My name is Jay Rao, and today we'll be discussing the following topics on this Sunday, March 29th, 2020. This morning we're playing the H&H game. No, I'm not talking about his or her. The help or hurt game. The coronavirus is taking over America, and we're going to focus this morning on three individuals. Is it helping or hurting them? First set, we're talking about President Donald Trump. Help or hurt? Second set, Vice President Joe Biden. Help or hurt? And third set, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Help or hurt? Is the virus helping or hurting the political careers of these three individuals? But as always, I'm never sure this stays by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. And let me bring in the very lovely, my big sis. I love her so much. Oh, my God. Every morning, every Sunday morning, she's here bringing us her words of wisdom as she continues to monitor CNN and MSNBC so you don't have to. Let's bring in my big sis, Vanessa Mae Belly from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How you doing? Good morning, Jay. Sure is here. Nice to hear your voice this morning. How are you and your family? Everyone's doing well. Everyone's doing well. I'll tell you guys about an episode that happened this week, but, uh, you know, that's the tease. I'll tell you about it as the show progresses. But thank you so much for being here. And, uh, you know, a serious topic this morning, and as always, this is a serious time that we live in, so we're going to try to do our best to uh, add some intelligent conversation to the mix. Thank you so much. The man who I call the educated brother, my little brother, once again, his wisdom and knowledge and the things that he brings to the table are just priceless. Let's bring him in this morning. The one and only Johnny D. Good morning, John. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I am certainly blessed and uh, looking forward to, to, to the dialogue. You know, we're, we're currently in, in some serious times and, you know, as a, Americans' lives change as it did on 9-11 back in 2001, uh, certainly we are on the unprecedented brinks of, of just changing lifestyles. So whenever that occurs, that's serious. Uh, so, Jay, once again, I thank you for this opportunity. Miss Vanessa, Les, and Jerome. And if Dr. Williams joins us this morning, I certainly appreciate uh, being one of the, the, the contributors with each one of you all. And I thank the person to allow us to come into their home each week. Well said. Can't say it any better than that, and I'm not even going to attempt to. Let's bring in the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, really the undercover boss of it all, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Hulk. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, morning, my brother. 
Our colleague, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down. The number is 347 The World Famous Chat Room should be officially open. And, of course, we are monitoring the various uh, various websites that uh, that various social media outlets in which we you know you can get in contact with the show every week also have some new announcements about some places where you can also hear the serious side just a fun time to be in radio but not a fun time for america a lot of things that are going on in this country and the bottom line is like i said at the top we're going to try our best to try to add some intelligent dialogue to the situation without any further ado let's bring in the first topic They tried to beat you on Russia, Russia, Russia. That didn't work out too well. They couldn't do it. They tried the impeachment hoax. That was on a perfect conversation. They tried anything. They tried it over and over. And this is their new hoax. You say the Americans were scared, though. I got nearly 200 dead, 14,000 who were sick, millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. I've always known this is a, this is a real, this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. That was President Donald Trump uh, talking about uh, who has been giving us weekly updates, uh, daily updates, I should say, on the coronavirus. And um, so we're playing the help and help game this morning, the help or hurt game, I should say. And so we're going to look at President Donald Trump this first segment. And I'll start with you, Mr. Elias. This coronavirus situation, is it helping or hurting the president politically? Uh, you know, with any sane person, I would say it was hurting his career. But with his, with his, with his people, these these people are idiots, man. They're they're complete stone idiots. And when Hillary Clinton called them deplorables, she was right. She was wow. right. There's nothing else to be said, but she was right. I got a friend now who's on life support because this damn clown did not come up and take responsibility for what he's supposed to do. So my friend is dying right now because of the coronavirus. Because, you know, if you think about it, we had viruses that were coming to the United States, too. They reached the United States, but we contained them. Nothing like this. The Ebola virus, they reached the United States, but we, it got contained. H1N1, it got contained. Why, why did those get contained and this one didn't? I'll tell you why, because he shut down the pandemic office. This guy is nothing but a clown. He, he, he rescinds everything he says. He does what he, he says, stuff like, oh, I knew this was going to be a, 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 a pandemic from the beginning, but why didn't you tell us from the very beginning it's going to be a pandemic? Now you're suing people because they're telling the truth and to stop ads? You are a clown, man. And now he's saying stuff like, uh, for all the, all the, all the governors who, who, don't, who don't agree with him and don't talk nice to him, um, you know, they're not getting the help that they need. Are you kidding me right now? This is what this is the president we got, and these clowns are still backing no matter what. You're telling the Michigan governor that she's not going to get any help because she don't support him. Well, what if Barack Obama did the same thing to to the fat man in New Jersey? What if he did that to him? What would have happened? They'd have crucified him. But he went right on New Jersey and helped that fat bastard, and he did what he was supposed to do as a president. So I, I don't want to hear nothing else about how great 
this president is because he's a damn clown. He's an idiot. I'm upset this morning because my friend is dying, and you got people like Boba Bright on that time. I need to see proof that people are dying. You are you are a complete idiot too, ass white. I hate people like that. I'm sorry, but this is how I feel this morning, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the nonsense that goes on here daily with people saying, well, he's, he's doing a great job. And he's creating himself a 10 on this? Are you kidding me? There are people dying every day. There's 10,000 cases yesterday. It was 100,000 Friday. It was 110 yesterday. This is how bad this pandemic is. And he's talking about he's doing a great job. Really? He's an idiot, man. He's a clown. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers out to uh, your friend. You know, I know him as well, and Mr. Elias is absolutely correct. He's fighting for his life right now, so big prayers to Jacob and his family. We hope that he pulls through. Um, and a very passionate uh, uh, Mr. Elias, and, you know, and I don't blame him because people, this is life or death that we're talking about. You know, and when Mr. Elias talked about if President Obama had done the same thing, remember uh, during, I think it was Hurricane Sandy, Quick. President Obama went out of his way yeah. to help Governor Christie, and Governor Christie said wonderful things about him, and he got crucified by the Republicans because he was like, oh, my God, now you're kissing the president's behind, or, or you're being chummy-chummy with this guy. And, 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 you know, and I have to give Christie some credit. He stood up to the, to the, to the podium and said, look, he said, I don't care about any of that political stuff. This guy came through and did what he had to do. I'm going to give him his proper due and his respect. So, you know, once again, Mr. Elias, uh, just uh, a passionate uh, uh, opening statement. And, uh, you know, man, listen, we're, we're praying for Jacob as well. Uh, Vanessa, uh, let me ask you the same question. Help or hurt? Is this crisis, is this helping or hurting the president? Your thoughts? At first they said that his numbers were going up, but um, on a poll I read where his numbers have went down 14%, but I have not checked it to see which one is accurate. I personally think that it is hurting him because he's the one who got up there and ran his mouth and said, it's a hoax. He also said that he knew it was a pandemic before it was a pandemic. So if he just shut up and let the professionals and the scientists speak, then he would not get in as much trouble, but that is impossible for him. So he's going to get in trouble behind it. So you think this is hurting him? Okay. All right. Well said. I do think it's hurting him. We go to you, John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Vanessa. No, I think it's hurting him because even on the social media and um, on OAB, which is somewhat a Republican uh, news channel other than Fox, um, you've got those that um, talk about the Democrats, but then you have some that are wondering why did he wait so long? And now he's saying that his friend Boyd, Boyd Miles, or whatever his name is, that he needs some uh, machines to assist him because he has the virus. Well, then everybody was on social media saying, take care of your own country first and don't worry about what's going on in the U.K. So the more he talks to Jay, the more he's getting himself in trouble, the more uh, people like me and Jet and Les, who probably going to get in trouble for it on Facebook, but the more we post it, what he's saying, the more it starts, it just keeps on people's brain what he did to screw this country up. And I'm going to continue to keep flowing with it so, so people have a short memory. I don't want them to forget this come November. 
Yeah, Boris, uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, he's actually the Prime Minister of uh, the UK, which, by the way, took a very long time to really recognize that this uh, pandemic was moving across the globe. Now he has uh, contracted the coronavirus, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It really and truly is, regardless of how the you feel about a person. You don't want to wish. Oh, wow, are you serious? Now, that's news. I didn't hear that. Prince yeah, Charles has it, morning. and so you're saying the Queen has yeah. it? Wow. Yes, I just I just put it on my site. Yes, she does. But I'm not surprised. Wow. Wow. That's that's breaking news there. I didn't know. Well. All right, Johnny D, let me ask you the same question I asked my uh asked our colleagues. Same thing, man. Is this helping or hurting the president of the United States? Johnny? Maybe stepped out. Okay, can, right. can, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, there he is. Okay, yeah, yes, I, I'm apologize. I'm, I'm just kind of in thought. You know, after listening to the last, I, I was actually in, in prayer for him and and really for the country. So I'm gonna refrain from talking about the politics of it because that's the thing that I disdain and detest uh, as far as uh, America. You know, we seem to. To, to cater and surround ourselves around politicians, although they work for us, but yet we, we, we coon and we swoon uh, towards them for their favor, which means that they elevate themselves above what what they should be. So the politics of it is not what I really want to address because yeah, I, I could really uh, care less. You know, if you look at the, 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 the polls, the polls um, speak America's fallacies with, with just foolishness and debauchery and, and, and entertainment. However, this is real. So if you want to talk about how well he's doing, you think about last Sunday when we when we took our broadcast, there was 15,000 Americans who was confirmed with the COVID-19, and today there's over 120,000. So on Thursday, there were 1,000 uh, deaths. Um, in the United States and today there's 2,000 so you tell me how well he's doing well you know the thing about uh, Mr. Elias when he when he talked about Jacob you know here's the thing you know and I don't blame him because the bottom line is folks is that you know for the first time I can't even believe this even happened during this time frame you would like to think that this hurt this man because he gets up there and he shows how ignorant he is how he doesn't know what the hell's going on but at the same time for Americans for his poll numbers to even for the first time during his presidency he had a positive a positive poll poll results. Forty eight percent approved versus forty five percent disapproved of his job performance. I mean, th- this is nuts. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree from SpreeRadio.net, and the man who brings you on the on a weekly basis, on the need to know basis. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding this morning. Question for right. you: We're playing the his or her game, and so the question is. Does this virus, is this hurting or helping the political career of the President of the United States? Your thoughts? Um, since we don't have a president, I'm assuming you're talking about that dotard, that dude with the orange hair ish? That guy. Yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, okay. Him. Um, it is definitely, the guy that's it living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, that guy. Yeah, him. it's definitely not helping. I mean, first of all, it's showing how incompetent he is. And. Um, you know, I know everybody's looking at the poll number stuff come out, 
But you have to remember yeah. that, well, you have to remember they always, you have to watch what poll it was, for one. They're usually polling the same people. And so... ABC poll. What did you say? It was the ABC poll. Yeah. So I'm saying that they usually use polling companies to do those for them. And if they're polling the same people, then technically it's the reason why the polling said that Joe Biden was dead in the water and he and he smoked all of them fools, um, you know, in the primary. It's the same thing. So this country has a pathology. And the pathology kind of shows that it's, it, there's a default. And the default is when there's crisis, people don't like to speak bad about people in political leadership. That's all that is. It doesn't mean anybody's going to vote for him. It just means that around the time that there's crises, that people like to not um, speak ill of people. The only person, the only time they do that is when the, when the country is doing really well. And when it does, they get critical. So Obama's numbers were, you know, people were polling pretty negatively on President Obama because things were going well. You would think it would be the complete opposite. When things are going good, that people vote uh, poll well. But it's almost the opposite. You know, when people when things are going well, people get complacent. They can't see anything outside of their own biases. And so in crisis, their biases are technically thrown out the window to some degree in some fake patri- um, um um, some fake kind of, I guess, like they're trying to be patriotic, I guess is the word, and that they kind of feel like, like his negatives are still extremely high, but the people who are on the fence usually sway to um, uniting, not, I wouldn't even say uniting the country, but uniting their own interests. People don't like to speak negative during crises. So the worse that it gets, the more that people try to rally, get up out of it. I wouldn't take that as a false sense of security. Oh, 347-850-1272. Yes, Vanessa? I just wanted to say, let me stop and correct before somebody send you a message. I was trying to go to Snopes so that I could verify what had came across, and it's not coming up. And so I went back and I scanned CNN, and it's not coming up. So maybe that's just a hope. But I would not be surprised if, if about Queen Elizabeth. I would not be surprised okay. if Charles has it, they shouldn't, because they're in close contact. But I do not see it. So let's just call that fake news until we hear about it. Okay, yeah, because I didn't hear anything about that either. And I was like, what? That, that would be big news. Didn't hear about the Queen. Didn't hear about Boris uh, Johnson, but uh, not the... Uh, not the, not the queen. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Just my thoughts on this one here, real quick. You know, I hear what Jerome is saying about these polls. I can't even believe that there was a poll that even found this. I mean, for people to see this guy stand up in front of America and say the things that he says on a daily basis, and for you to even even contemplate giving this guy a positive positive rating tells me all I need to know about this country. That's one of the reasons why we rank in, you know, towards the bottom of developmental countries, of our developed countries, when it comes to education. How can you sit here and watch this guy and think that he knows what the hell he's talking about? I mean, this is amazing. He'll say one thing, and then the doctor, then Dr. Felchie will come up and contradict him. And you people think this guy's doing a great job? You guys, look, I, I share Mr. Elias's sentiments. You guys are idiots. 
You can get mad. You can send what you want to because I'm not going to read it on the air. I'm just going to tell you right now. And if you call in, Mr. Elliott's going to cuss you out in the screening room. So, you know, I mean, stop it. Don't even try it. Bottom line is that you guys are ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, It's ridiculous. How can people with common sense watch this and say that this guy's know what the hell he's doing? I, I am, you know what, every time I think that Americans can't amaze me or I can't be surprised, they surprise me. I thought for sure him standing up in front of the mic every day saying the same old nonsense would make people say, you know what, this guy is really an idiot. And there are some, and I will say this to some of our listeners, there are some listeners that are Republicans are starting to say, hey, we see what y'all are talking about. Everybody's not ridiculous, but for folks, they're, they're, you know, if you are a person that watch the president every day and says that he's doing a great job, either you're ridiculous or you're doing this just to stoke up some stuff. You know, you want to be a, 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 a S starter, right? Because there's no way you can walk around and watch this and say, if you have any amount of intelligence, and think this guy knows what he's doing. And here's the thing that makes me nervous, Mr. Elias, the fact that, you know, people will start getting these checks. And people are going to yeah. start saying, oh, my God, see, here he is. You know, oh, look what he's doing. That yeah. crap he did yesterday. He, watching the, he went he down there to watch the ship. He watched the ship leave. He turned that into, this guy is a, look, let me tell you something. You can call it what you want to. There's two things I'm going to call it. He's the greatest con man of all time, because he's kind of set to the highest office in the world. And this guy knows how to put on a show. Or he's a fraud. He's a smoke and mirrors guy. Because that crap he did yesterday, all he did, he did that. He stood out there and, you know, talked about the Navy ship. He did all this because he wanted to boost himself. It didn't have a damn thing to do with the American people. And when these people realize this, then maybe they'll wake up out this slumber Let's start making intelligent decisions. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. Do we still have? Do we have a phone call? It's ridiculous. Yeah, we got uh, we got Steve, man, with us. Ah, oh, former I'm colleague Steve's in the house. Steve, good morning, man. Welcome yeah, to the serious yeah. side. What's going on? I'm doing doing better than I. What's going on, brother? Morning. Doing all right. So, yes, sir. So we got a situation where some of the hospitals are prescribing vitamin C. People are getting confused. Why do we have two healthcare systems in this country? And folks, the reason why what a lot of people don't understand, over 100 years ago, John Rockefeller bought up half the holistic medical schools. He wanted to sell chemicals through his chemical companies. And that's what transformed the medical system in America into pharmaceutical drugs. And so that's what happened to America. A lot of laws were passed on who can call themselves a doctor and who could not call themselves a doctor. So that's why some of the hospitals are using vitamin C. Um, Another situation is that uh, most of the planet has uh, coronavirus. Uh, The the test is not accurate. Uh, The PCR test they're administrating. So the common cold is, is 200 viruses is what we refer to as the common cold. Within those 200 viruses is the coronavirus. They're not doing low testing. You have to get enough of the virus in your system before it makes you sick. 2018, 80,000 people died in this country of the flu two years ago. A lot of Americans don't know that. 50,000 Americans die every year from pneumonia. 
So it's this. You see what I'm saying? That's where I'm coming from. This is a this these situations, and then the 5G crosses the blood-brain barrier, and that also makes you more sick. Uh, the 5G it lowers the blood-brain barrier and pushes viruses through the cell membrane, increasing the incidence of bacterial and viral infection. And the 5G is also going to usher in the artificial intelligence. Uh, the cyborg. Look up brain computer interface. They need right. the 5G. Let me step in here real quick, so man. Can, because we're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we have to go to break. Let's go, we'll go to break. And I appreciate your call, man. But here, here's one thing I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, when you call in, I want you to kind of stick to what we're talking about, man. I, listen, I think that some of the things you put out, I mean, the vitamin C thing was, was, was very helpful. Matter of fact, I was thinking the same thing. And when I was watching some briefings, Mr. Elias, and they did talk about uh, vitamin C and, and how you have to increase that. So there's some, you know, there's some things that, that, that Steve brings to the table that, that make sense. But then there's some things that Steve brings to the table. And listen, I'm not questioning that they're not true, but I think that, um, you know, Steve, you need to look at, you know, get, get, get yourself a form, man, or a blog or something to, to be able to put that information out, because I think that, you know, there are people out there who wants to hear that information, and I'm not saying our listeners don't want to do that, but what I want to do is I want to stick to topic. I want to stick to the things that we're talking about, because we only have two hours, and, and you know, two hours go by fast. Matter of fact, we're kind of behind on a break right now, so, hey, man, appreciate you calling in. We'll check in with you a little later if you ha- have more content to want to add to the show, but let me jump into this thing because we're, we're really behind and i got to keep the show on track. All right, so listen, in this week's edition of Informative and What Less, something that you need to know, you know, we talk about all the different people who are being uh, affected by the coronavirus, but, you know, one uh, set of folks that we're not really looking at are people with disabilities, and HHS is warning states not to put people with disabilities at the back of the line for care. With what's mm-hmm. going on with the coronavirus, there are a lot of things. People get heart attacks. You know, I mean, this is just a crazy, crazy, crazy situation. So in this week's edition of Informing the Celeste, something that you need to know. We're going to take a look at how this, how this has an effect on people who have disabilities and some of the decisions that doctors have to make determining whether a person lives or dies. Boy, you don't want that on your conscience. We'll be right back. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. Around the country, doctors are facing a difficult question. If resources are limited, will they be asked to decide whose life will be saved? A federal civil rights office issued some guidance today, and NPR's Joseph Shapiro is here to tell us about it. Hi, Joe. Hi, Michelle. So what did you learn, and why did the Department of Health and Human Services think there was a need to issue the guidelines today? Because states right now, they're preparing for a situation where there's not enough care to go around, like a shortage of ventilators. So they're writing crisis of care standards. But disability groups are worried that those standards will allow rationing decisions that are going to exclude people with disabilities and the elderly. And we've seen this happen, right, in Italy, where the age is already a factor for who gets scarce care like ventilators. So today, the Office for Civil Rights at the Department of Health and Human Services issued guidance. And those rules emphasize, they say, civil rights laws, they still apply in a pandemic. And we have some tape. This is Roger Severino, who heads the HHS Office for Civil Rights. Particularly, we're concerned that crisis standards of care may start relying on value judgments as to the relative worth of one human being versus another based on the presence or absence of disability. We're concerned that stereotypes about what life is like living with a disability can 
can be improperly used to exclude people from needed care. Joe, were there any specific situations in specific states, for example, that he talked about? Well, he did say his office is open or it's about to open investigations of complaints in multiple states. He didn't say which states. But in the last several days, disability groups in four states, Tennessee, Kansas, Washington, and Alabama, have filed complaints. In Kansas and Tennessee, groups say state guidelines would allow doctors to deny care to some people with traumatic brain injuries or ones who use home ventilators to help them breathe. And a group of New Yorkers have all, who already use ventilators, they wrote a letter expressing their fears to Governor Andrew Cuomo. These are people, they work and they're active, but they need home or portable ventilators to help them breathe. And they're worried about existing state guidelines that apply if they go to the hospital and they think would allow a hospital to take their personal ventilators and give them to someone else. So are these guidelines from the federal government the final word on this? They're clear guidelines. They're a warning to states. But there's something else that's buried in the guidelines today that caused some confusion. And then there's a line about something called the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, which may protect some health care providers from liability for treatment decisions. That seemed to contradict the message of Roger Severino, the head of the Office for Civil Rights, that civil rights laws still apply. And he was asked, and he said, it's a matter to be decided by another office, the general counsel at the Department of Health and Human Services. But the overall message today was to tell states, when you come up with rules for allocating scarce resources, do not put people with disabilities, do not put the elderly at the back of the line. That's NPR's Joe Shapiro. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you. Back in 347-850-1272, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio is best. This morning we're playing the help or her game. We're not talking about his or her. What we are talking about is we're talking about the coronavirus and who is it helping and who is it hurting. And we're looking at three individuals this morning. During this segment, we're going to take a look at what's going on with Vice President Biden. Is this helping or hurting him? Vice President Biden has kind of been on the sidelines here. But matter of fact, let me just stick with the order. Here's our second topic. I've already let it out the bag. I don't have the support that I need and even just the materials that I need physically to take care of my patients. And it's, it's America. And we're supposed to be a first world country. I'm wondering what your message is to, to a doctor like that, to the other medical professionals, the nurses who are out there on the front lines taking care of everyone. They have to get whatever's needed first, first, first. Because, look, the thing that the experts talk to me about in the morning is what happens if these docs are the ones that are getting sick. The docs and the nurses and the, and the first responders aren't available. Everything goes to hell. Everything gets worse exponentially. They need the help immediately. They need the ventilators. They need the equipment. They need the masks. They need the protection. And they need it now. All right. Uh, listen, you know, I just screwed it up. But listen, all right, this, that's Vice President Joe Biden. And uh, so once again, we're playing the help of her game. And so how is this situation helping or hurting him? 
So let's start the conversation off with you, Vanessa. You know, uh, Vice President Joe Biden has been pushed off the front pages because of this. Donald Trump, we see him every day, and you have to go and find certain clips or watch certain networks to even know that the vice president is still out there campaigning. So my question to you is, does this help or hurt Joe Biden? You know, I'm kind of tossed with that, Jay, because I've seen Joe Biden three times this week, but yet people on Facebook are saying, where's Joe Biden? I saw Joe Biden on The View. I saw Joe Biden on Anderson Cooper. And I saw Joe Biden on somebody on MSNBC. So I see Joe Biden, but I guess other people don't. So I guess it's hurting him because social media is saying, where's Joe Biden? But... But that's the youngsters who don't look at the news who's probably saying that. I I see it because he's doing – as a matter of fact, there was a DJ that just did a a thing on the – live on Facebook, and they were laughing because they said Joe Biden swiped in and was listening to the music from that DJ, that people saw him online in there with the DJ. So I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's hurting him, but he's out there. I see him. Well, you know, uh, Jerome, uh, you know, once again, uh, because of what's going on, because of this, of this pandemic, you know, people are, some people are starting to really, you know, take heed to it. You know, I was driving through uh, one of the neighborhoods the other, yesterday, actually, and I saw kids out there playing basketball. So even though there's people that are being aware of what's happening, they're still out there who don't really care. You know, it's like, whatever. It's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we talked about last week how, you know, President Trump talked about this certain drug that could help people, even though Dr. Filchy came right after him and said that it could not. Uh, then, you know, we heard about this couple who took this medicine and the, old, the, 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 the man died because, you know, and the woman who I'm not sure what her status is at this point, but she talked about how she heard the president mention this and she decided to take it and her husband's dead and she was in critical condition but let let me ask you so does this help or hurt biden because you know for people like us we live and breathe this stuff right but there are americans out there who are just kind of going about their day so in your opinion does this help or hurt the former vice president um i don't i don't know like this is a well first of all it does not hurt him um okay helping him is kind of relative right so you look like Vanessa said. I, I've seen him, you know, interview, and it was it was be nice, old um, what's the name of KRS One DJ, be um, nice from back mm-hmm. in the days. Be nice, yeah, sure Obama did. Obama was on, and you know, you had all these stars checking in on that, and Joe Biden obviously checked in. Um, I think there's stuff that you see on the internet when people ask where's Joe Biden. I think that's the Bernie Sanders people. They're very they're pretty huh. vocal. And, um, you know, nobody is going to say where is. I know the, the Trump people ain't going to ask where Joe Biden is because they don't want to see the grown-up next to the child. So as much as, you know, we keep telling people or people keep saying to Trump that he needs to stay away from those press conferences, he just sees this as media. It's free media for him. That's why they have press conferences every day and they ain't saying nothing. You know? Really? And I, I watched... Um, some of Vanessa's posts, for example, because everybody's tuning in to um, Governor Cuomo's press conferences, right? Because he's putting up graphics, he's telling you stories, he's telling you what he's doing, he's kind of being, he's being a grown-up. But if you know anything about this, Mark, um, Andrew Cuomo endorsed Biden. 
So yes, he did. Can, can you imagine when things ramp back up and Cuomo goes back out and say, hey, this is my president? The guy who's the grown-up is saying, this dude needs to be leading, 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 us, leading us, you know? So it's not hurting him at all. Um, as, as far as helping, I think Trump is helping Biden more than anything else. And if anybody, if you watch anybody say, where is Biden, ask them where's Bernie. Because Biden's out there. Mm. No, That's an interesting twist. Yeah. No, go ahead and finish your thought. You were saying Bernie, go ahead, talk, go ahead and finish your thought. Bernie has not been out there at all. Just like in losing those primary races, Bernie would go radio silent. But nobody's asking where Bernie Sanders is. It's just because um, Biden is the front runner. And he's not just front runner. He's inevitably going to be the nominee. And so people are going to keep taking shots at Biden, the people who, who don't... Um, who, who wants someone else to win? They're going to do that. But you, this is time for grown-ups. This is really serious, and we can't just frivolously think of this as some kind of popularity contest. He can't go out there and just speak and can't do campaign rallies. He needs to be thoughtful, and that's what he was. I saw, I did see him on The View, and um, I didn't watch him on CNN, but I know that he's been out there. So you have to be very careful right now about um, how you handle this. And even some of the questions that they ask him is still kind of ridiculous to me. But they're like, what would you do now if you were president? And it's like, listen, Biden knows the pandemic office that they set up in the White House. He knows who those guys are. And he can just, he's just making recommendations. And pretty much he's just telling Trump he needs to grow up. And he said, I know that does not sound right, right, because it's kind of like you're criticizing him. But you really need – somebody needs to scold that dude and tell him he needs to grow up. Right? It's not time for us to keep playing and keep playing politics and playing niceties. You have to do that. It's kind of like Governor Cuomo said. People are saying from him closing down the bars that they're not going to vote for him. What did, he said, what do I care? Right? <laughs> I care you saying you're not going to vote for me because your bars wow. closed up because you're not spreading a disease. You're not spreading a virus. So some people just need to grow up. And they wow. we can't take in petty conversations based upon popularity contests. Then there's adults in the room, so the adults need to stand up. You know, Joe Biden, uh, you know, as far as helping or hurting him, the bottom line is is that, uh, you know, you brought up Andrew Cuomo. He's gonna, we're going to talk about him in the next set. Uh, you know, with Joe Biden, one of the things that you miss about the person, you know, uh, that's at the top, you always talk about, I remember, you know, when President Obama was in office, he talked about he was the, uh, the healer-in-chief. You know, a person shows compassion, a person that feels the hurt of what people are going through. You know, I mean, we need somebody like that at the top of the ticket. We definitely truly need someone in office that can provide that. Here's Joe Biden when he was asked about funerals of coronavirus victims. What's especially awful about the deaths of people with coronavirus is that they often die alone without family or friends by their side because of right. uh, the, the needs to protect uh, everybody. Uh, no one to hold their hand, or family members at least, holding their hand. More than a thousand families in the United States have had to plan funerals that almost no one can attend for the same reasons. I'm wondering what, as we close tonight, what your message is to those families and, and to all of the country. My message is, God love you. I, uh, you know, I've, I've lost a couple children. I've lost a wife. I've, I've, uh, um, and it is, it is incredibly difficult to go through and it's harder to go through when you haven't had an opportunity 
to be with the person while they're dying. My mom, my dad, I was able to be with them and lie in bed with them and they took their last breaths. My son, I was able to do that. My deceased wife, I was not able to do that. I was not able to, I was not able to be there. And it makes a gigantic difference for people. And seek help. Seek help afterwards. Seek help to talk to people who've been through it so they know, they know, they can tell you that you can get through it. You really can. It's possible. But boy, it is so, so, so hard. And that's one of the cruelest, cruelest things that's happening. A very good friend of ours is, is her mom's in a nursing home in, in, uh, in, in, in Boston. She showed us pictures. She sits outside of the room sits outside the room in a chair outside the window and just puts her hand in the window so her mom can touch touch her hand in the window it's it's just this is the human connection is so so profoundly important mm. and uh, when you don't have it you got to get help and by the way call, well, I was not going to give my phone but anyway those who've been through that i uh, you can contact my campaign. I'm happy to try to talk to you. Yeah. Not uh, that I'm an expert, but just haven't been there. I just, I'm so sorry for you. Yeah, you've been through it. Um, we are all in this together, and I appreciate your time tonight, Mr. Vice President. Thank you. Thank you, Anderson. You're doing a heck of a job. The news media is keeping this all straight, man. Oh, for real. Uh, just trying to do our part. Uh, take care. Thank you. Vice President Joe Biden, as you can tell, he was getting choked up when he was talking about it, especially the part about his wife. And he almost gave out his personal cell number because he wanted people who were going through some bad things to give him a call. That's passion, Johnny. That's what we miss. Our, that's what we miss from, from the White House. That's what we miss from our leaders. So a question for you, same question. Does this help or hurt Joe Biden, the fact that this coronavirus is really putting Donald Trump front and center in front of everyone, and really, to be honest with you, if they can't have campaign rallies, they can't do these types of things, yeah, we can have this virtual this or virtual that, but nothing takes away the visual of seeing this man standing in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of adoring supporters, you know, chanting his name, rooting him on. He loses that with what's going on with the coronavirus. So does this help or hurt Vice President Joe Biden? You know, Jay, I, I, I often coin a, a, a term to to the staff that, that I serve on a, on a daily basis as being a servant leader. And in this time, America needs to hear one voice uh, as irrational um, and unprepared as that voice may be. So I really don't have issue or take issue with the fact that he has taken a position of, of support uh, and, and providing accurate information. Now, Jer earlier, Jerome had a drop-the-mic uh, moment when he said, ask where Bernie is, okay? So, I mean, hey, that right there is, 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 is true and accurate to a degree, um, and, and, and I don't refute the fact that he has not said anything uh, that I'm aware of uh, to, to contradict the foolishness and the debauchery that's going on, but I realized that he was part of the, the, the committees to um, to put out this two trillion dollar bill. So I know that uh, his duties and stuff probably took him away from being able to to get out there uh, in the public uh, perspective. So 
So again, being a servant leader allows a person like Joe Biden and and President Obama to show that compassion. So this is what we don't have. You know, as I said, we've got a retrobate and a criminal that's in Washington. So he doesn't know or understand what being a servant leader um, is at, at this point in time. I, I would like to also uh, kind of expound on, you know, the first responders. This is a real epidemic um, there is a, a group uh, that I'm familiar with because of some of my work with uh, as, as a first responder myself uh, in, in the law enforcement uh, community, uh, Samaritan's Purse. And just to kind of give you a perspective, uh, they are building a 500-bed medical facility in Milan, Italy. And of that 500 beds, now, of course, this was on Tuesday when I read this article, 100 of the beds will go to the to the medical staff and the first responders there because they're already being impacted. So it's unprecedented in regards to the first responders being affected by this and then, of course, being able to uh, come home and, and, and take the, the, the chance of risking you know, that to your family. But also, I would like to applaud uh, several different persons who don't get the notoriety and out there working, you know, hourly jobs. You know, yesterday, you know, as, as, as I rode through the drive-through, you know, um, I, I thank that service worker who was working the drive-through because they, too, have come out in the elements. Uh, I thank the truck drivers. I mean, you know, you, you thank the person at the local mini-mart when you go in and you say, okay, well, let me go pick up, you know, a, a, a pack of, of, of latex gloves because I done ran out of it. That person is in there. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a lot of people, man, that shows the good and the value of America and you know you served America unlike this this criminal that's currently uh, pretending to be a a, a, a world leader uh, in, in a manner in which he can't even fathom the idea and then you look at these followers who support him who walk around and ride around with these American flags and these rebel flags simply because they they, they drank beer set in a bar or maybe in some, some office with a shirt and tie on. Those are not patriots, and those are not true Americans. What I've seen is, is people within this community here handing out food to individuals who no longer have jobs. That really is, a, is the scope of Americans. So, you know, I, I don't want to say Americans in a broad term. We just need to focus on those individuals who are, are supporting this criminal and his mindset and his divisiveness, you know, let's focus on them instead of just having a broad boom and just say Americans because you are a true American. You serve that flag. You serve the broad. You serve in, 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 in CONUS. He doesn't know what that is. So let's talk about being a servant leader. And I think Joe Biden has exhibited that right there. You don't want to get out and, and, and criticize this guy at this particular time because every time he stands in front of the camera, he does that himself as far as showing how, how idiotic he, he is as as well as his policy. So I think that it is time for Joe Biden to just kind of set back, work on, you know, his, his political aspects and, and, and what his 100-day plan will be, because he'll get a chance to implement that in November. I'm just a believer that that this that this debauchery is over with. Um, look at when he had the news conference uh, recently and, and how Donald Trump and, and his supporters, you know, went about and, and, they, and they attacked the, 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 the young man who was the, the 
saw of, of President Obama's administration under Ebola, uh, the, the Ron, Ron Kane guy, you know, they, they're attacking him and his credibility. And there's no more less credible than this administration here, regardless of what the political polls may show. Underprepared, 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 and very spiteful and vindictive. How do you step back and talk of, in, in, as, the, as, as, the, as the world leader? Okay, and you say that you don't talk to you know governors because they're not appreciative. How foolish is that, right there? I mean, seriously. So yeah. let's let's focus on being a servant leader. Yeah, and you talked about Ron Clan uh, Clan. Uh, yeah, you're right. They attacked him. It's crazy, uh, Mr. Elias. Uh, I hear what everybody's saying. Uh, but, you know, Joe Biden is not, you don't see him, unless you dig. You know, we talked about this all the time. Most Americans, probably for the first time, and this is a conversation that you and I had off the air, and I'll bring some of the content to there. We talked about how maybe for the first time, matter of fact, it wasn't Joe, I was talking to, to, to Bobby G, an old guy that used to be here. Matter of fact, the second voice you ever heard here on the TGRS radio network. We were talking about how because of this pandemic, people are now – kind of stationary and now they have time to focus on things that may pertain to them and so you know when you see this guy stands up every day and says and do some of the hypocrisy and nonsense that he does the jibber jabber at the microphone people are for the first time probably paying attention more than more than most but let's be honest we're not seeing joe biden Unless you watch CNN or unless you watch MSNBC or if you're attuned to certain things. Most people are not trying to hear this stuff. So question for you, as we close the set out, does this help or hurt Joe Biden, this coronavirus? I, honestly, I think it helps them because if people, Why? If, they, if, they're, if they're like me and they hear this clown come on the air and speak, I turn them off immediately because I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm, I'm tired of him. I don't. As soon as he, as soon as I, I turn the TV on and he's on, I cut it off because it's gonna be a lie, and I know it's going to be a lie. Even Fox News has called this guy out. That's how bad it's gotten. Fox News has said, "Well, President, you said that, that. no, no, no. I didn't say that. That's not what I meant by that. Come on, dog. It's plain and simple when you said it was a hoax. It's plain and simple when you said." It was one person coming coming into America from China, and we shut it down. It was plain and simple when you said all of this stuff. And then you got Kelly Conway out there lying. People on Fox News are calling her out now. It's just it's getting to that point. When I when I see him, I mean, you know, and and, and at, at my job, when we take our lunch hour, we had we they they'll, they'll have the coronavirus update, and the one day that he was on. I swear, everybody in the office, even the Trump supporters, when we turned it off, nobody nobody objected. Everybody just walked out like, I don't want to hear this crap no more. Because it, it's getting to that point. Because they know he's lying now. People are starting to realize what he's doing. It's getting to that point. Wow. You know, that's, wow. Uh, you know, because I know how you have that battle with <laughs> the Trump people at your job for them to kind of walk out and say, wow, you know, and maybe, and this is what BG had talked about. He said, hey, listen, he said, maybe people, he said, people, he said, people are going to see what type of idiot he really and truly is, and this is going to hurt him. And I was like, well, okay. So, all right, there's two down, two more to go. Now, you know how we get out. You know, the, you, here's one last thought on this before we 
go go to our next segment. You know, the bottom line is uh, what I love about Joe Biden is Joe Biden talks about you know what he's done from an experience perspective, right? And the fact that you know he knows exactly what's going on. And so, you know, when we look at Joe Biden and when Joe Biden comes out and says what he says and, you know, and try to put some information out, Johnny D says, you know, maybe he should sit back, we should have one leader. And I don't know he's coming out hard at criticizing the president, but he has said, listen, this guy needs to do a better job. You know, if I were in office, this is what I would do. So I do think he runs a little bit of the risk of trying to undermine the president. I think some people may think about that. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is, I think this guy is, uh, I think Joe Biden is on top of his game. I think Joe Biden is the, the person that we need in office. And I know folks may say, oh, you're just saying that because, you know, you support the Democrats. I'm looking at the experience factor. I'm looking at how long the guy has governed. You know, sometimes we as Americans, we get away from all, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to deal with somebody who, who was, you know, who, who, was, who has the political background that they have. Stop it. You see what we have in office now, right? I mean, you guys do see this. Come on. Let's get serious about what's going on here. 347-850-1272. we got to get serious about what we're seeing here in the White House. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever that people support this guy. And they can look at these two gentlemen and think that one guy is better than the other. But once again, I go back to a comment that I've made on this show a thousand times. Maybe not a thousand times, maybe at least 50 times. I've talked about how, and I'm talking about in the 10 years or so that we've been on the air. You know, I talked about how they interviewed a guy that uh, that was a part of the Klan. And I remember back in the 90s, everybody had these air fresheners, these big king crown air fresheners. And they said, you know the reason why we sell them? Because black folks like big and shiny objects, and we sell them. And people buy them. And I'm afraid that this money, once these Americans get this money in the mail, you know, it's like bribery. Once they get this money in the mail, all of a sudden, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's the only thing that uh, that I'm concerned about, to be honest with you, Mr. Elias. That's the only thing that I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about that either because, you know, the, the, the timing of it and everything, man, he, he's going to they have to keep setting it. Bottom line, yeah, I'm not concerned are, about that you're either. Talking about, you're talking $2,000 for somebody to survive home for five or six months? Really? Yeah, okay. That's for you. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, people, are, okay. people are ready to work. Sure. People are ready yeah, to work and go to work, and they can't work. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you're talking about, sounds like you want to. Yeah, you're talking mm-hmm. about pure incompetence, though. I mean, I, I don't know how... Yeah. Cynical we have to be as a society, seriously. But as incompetent as this guy is, they're yeah. saying, oh, his poll numbers are going up, so people are going to vote for him. I think that people are tired. You know, he, he didn't skate through that Mueller investiga- investigation. He didn't skate through any of this stuff. And he has dirt all over himself and of his hands and of his administration and all of these things that they're doing that is just unethical. Their morals are, are questionable. And we sit here and have conversations very rationally about something that's irrational to all of our senses. Mm. When we talk about somebody like Joe Biden, who has a lot of empathy, like President Obama does, Bernie Sanders does not show empathy. Believe it or not, if you look at anything, whether it's the tragedy for, um, you know, the gun shooting stuff or any of that stuff, you notice that, that 
That dude does not go on television. He may release a statement. He is a sitting senator. And why are other senators on TV but Bernie Sanders can't get in, get on TV? Right? That dude has the ability to get on TV. He could be on A View Tomorrow. He could be on anything. That dude is not doing that because he has the empathy of Donald Trump. So let's call this stuff what wow. it is. We're really, we're wow. really sidestepping all of this stuff to say there is a crisis going on and we are still being polite. So when we keep saying stuff like, you know, it's not norm for a guy to step out there or, or a candidate to step out there while a sitting president's there. We need to we need to come together as a country. You have an idiot, incompetent, immoral, unethical, and a non-compassionate person that's sitting at the top of your doggone country. Somebody needs to stand up and say something. That's why people are calling out President Obama to say something. And I know he said something yeah. inside, took a side swipe at the, the incompetent. But he's just being polite. We cannot just be polite. At some point, this is a crisis, and somebody needs to stand up and kick somebody in their butt. And we can't do this on the program. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. So we're rationally having a conversation about something like there's a norm going on here, and everything is so abnormal that somebody needs to do something. Can't be polite. Yeah, Jerome, I saw that. I, I saw that article where uh, people are there. There was an article saying they want George W. Bush and President Obama to step up. It's time for them to step up and uh, heed the call that their nation needs them. I mean, we're you know if it can't get you know that's, if, that's if this can't them. get them off the sideline, I mean, with nothing else will, right? I mean, come on, this is but, this is but, killing people. But if, Italy has lost what? Go ahead, real quick. We got to get out of there. It's not in their personalities either, right? We're just right. saying that somebody needs to step up. The, the thing that's making Cuomo look like a hero. It's the same thing why people in New York State don't like Cuomo, right? Cuomo, as, as a leader, is very, is very narrow, but he stays focused. So when you need people to be focused, is in crisis. And Cuomo is mean. So Cuomo can say, we got a crisis. I need the ventilators. Get your ass down here and get them. Like, he will do that. That's always good in crisis, but it's not good when things are going well. People find those people a little bit too... Little brash or a little harsh, right? Yeah. So you need somebody in a crisis to act like a general more than they need to be um, some kind of democratic, very liberal person. They just need to be focused. So yeah. th- th- there's a difference in leadership that we kind of need to acknowledge. For the times, we need somebody to step up and kick people in their butt and do something. Joe Biden is hesitating right. on doing that because he has a he, he has a lot of compassion. But Joe Biden can do that. But if he did it, we'd be having another conversation. It's like, is he talking too much? Did he let the government yep. do it? You know what I mean? We'd have a different yep, yep. conversation. So that's a tightrope for that guy. But at the same time, you know, people like Bernie Sanders ain't saying jack. Because they don't, yeah, they don't have true. it in he's, them. He's been on the sideline. That, that's for sure. He hasn't he's said anything. Center. All right, got to step out of here, Jerome. We, yeah, he's a sitting we, senator. We got to go. Though. We got to go. Yep. We got to go. We got to go. All right. All right. All right. It's time for this week's edition of After the Break. After the Break is when I ask our panelists a question. And it gives them the break to think about it, and we'll get their responses. They get 90 seconds, and I am going to definitely be on the 90 seconds because those jokers turned that last week's one into a whole segment. So this week, here's the question. A lot of banks and businesses are closing down, and they're doing this because they're doing it for the safety. They're thinking about public safety first. So here's the question. Should churches shut down? Because people say in time of crisis, that's where you need to be. 
remember back in the slave days, people used to go there, and even though they knew the possibility of when they walked out the church they could be killed, they went there to make sure that they were together and praying to the God and to our God. So that's the question this morning. After the break, should churches close down during this pandemic? We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Serious Side on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. Nothing is ever the same. Changing houses. Changing faces. Different bedrooms. Different beds and this trash bag filled with everything I have. I don't want to feel alone anymore. Help us show her she's not alone. Join us at Together We Rise to change the way kids experience foster care.
Welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. I've always known this is a, this is a real, this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. I don't have the support that I need and even just the materials that I need physically to take care of my patients. And it's, it's America. And we're supposed to be a first world country. I'm wondering what your message is to, to a doctor like that, to the other medical professionals, the nurses who are out there on the front lines taking care of everyone. They have to get whatever's needed first. 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 Because look, the thing that the experts talk to me about in the morning is what happens if these docs are the ones that are getting sick. The docs and the nurses and the, and the first responders aren't available. Everything goes to hell. Everything gets worse exponentially. They need the help immediately. They need the ventilators. They need the equipment. They need the masks. They need the protection. And they need it now. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is the call number. 347-850-1272. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. 
I tell you what, we're running against it. We're up against the clock. Let me say good morning to my piece real quick. Let's say good morning to Vanessa. Good morning to Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning to Jerome is free. Mr. Jerome is free. Sorry for the disrespect, Jerome. And Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning to you all, Mr. LS man. Can we say hello to some people in the chat room? Yeah, we got Covina Man in there, of course. Mr. Talking Easy. All right, what's going on, guys? Have a lot of people out there on social media who's checked in. I tell you, the pastor is very chatty this morning. We'll read his comments during Chatterbox, and we have an update on Mariana Music as well. All right, uh, we need to get into it. So now, uh, man, because we are against the break. Oh, my God, we are We're way behind. My bad, my bad, my bad. All right, before the break, let me get into after the break here real quick because we got to get to the comment here. All right, it's time for the response after the break. Before the break, I asked people, asked our panelists at least, should churches be closed during this pandemic? And let me go with you, Vanessa. You're on the clock, 90 seconds. Do you think churches should be closed during this time? I am so sorry, sweetheart. This is part of my 90 because I haven't talked all morning. Yes, I think churches should be closed. I think that churches should be closed because I went to a church with 7,000 people. That's too many. Now I go to a church that has about 100 people that's in church, and the pastor will be saying, turn to your left and turn to your right and say this to that person, and let's go walk around and meet and greet, and I don't know who you didn't slept with and who got the virus. So they have, the big churches are on video right now. My church is on right now. Bobby's looking at it. So you can do it through uh, telephone, which is what our church is doing, it, or you can be on the screen while they're doing it. So I do not believe that I have to be in church to serve the Lord because I serve him every morning when I wake up and before my foot hits the flow, I'm telling God, thank you for this, 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 and this. I ask you for nothing. At dinner, Bobby and I both pray for everybody in our family, our animals, our neighbors, our friends. I don't have to be in church to serve mm. my Lord. Ooh, look at you. I'm about, start, I'm about to start standing up and shouting, Vanessa. Woo, Lord have mercy. Go ahead, old girl. Wow. Man, she got me motivated. Woo. All right, Johnny D, man, the clock's on 90 seconds, man. Do you think churches should be closed down during uh, during this time? Yes. All right, wow, that was quick, Johnny. That was real quick. You don't want to elaborate? You just... He's like Joe Biden. Remember when Joe Biden did that during the 2008 <laughs> presidential campaign? What do you think, Joe Biden? Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> he said yes. All right. Uh, let me go to you, Jerome. Man, do you think places of worship should be closed down during this time frame? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they should. Um, there's a church here that actually had a member um, test positive, so they actually – it was a black church here. So, yeah, you still have to – Take any time you have more than, you know, 20 people. You need to be conscious about it. So, yeah, churches need it's to be closed. It's 10 now. It's 10 now, Jerome. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, I tell you, yeah, y'all making me really rethink something because, you know, after, well, I, I'll, I'll talk about Okay, Mr. Elias, man, uh, let me get with you, brother. Uh, should churches be closed during this time frame? Uh, yes, because I, I, the majority of the churches here and throughout Indianapolis are closed that I know of, man. So, yes, I think they should be. I mean, yeah, most definitely they should be closed because if there's a, if there's a mega church and, you know, you got, like Vanessa said, 7,000 people there, you know, come on. They, yeah, that's a, that's a way to spread it, you know. And, by the way, also, Jay, on the side note, Marion and Music, that was uh, Najee Moon over Carolina, 
Uh, written by Gary, uh, Gary Taylor. Okay. All right. Let me. Let me. Okay. Well, since you know y'all kind of, it's a lot of time left. Let me. Let me go ahead and take one. Take ninety seconds. All right. Listen. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm torn between this because if you listen to the word of God, it's like my goodness. You know, the word of God, you're covered by the blood. But at the same time, God gives us the ability to have free will and make decisions. So I, I mean, I'm really contemplating uh, going to church this morning because usually I go to church right after the show. And, um, you know, and I'm one of the, you know, I tell you, they call me a deacon, which I don't know why they do that, but they do. But, uh, Maybe, but, but, but you know, the bottom know. line is, yeah, I don't know, Miss Elias, I'm sorry, Jesus. But but the thing is, is that, uh, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I, I feel torn because I'm like, should I go this morning? I was about to get ready to go, and I'm thinking after listening to y'all, I mean, all four of y'all said yes. But, Jay, Jay, can I say something? Is saying do not. It's ten people. The rule is ten people all over the world. So just because it's a church and they're breaking the rule does not make it right. Because the, the, let me tell you what the fine is. It is a thousand dollars a day fine when people are doing against the law. So if somebody wouldn't find that church. You're gonna be like, oh, they wrong for doing that because it's a church. But the church needs to follow the rules as well. That's not a good example to tell somebody to follow the rule. And 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 these big churches and are open. Lily Grove is open. A small church. That's not following the rules, Jay. Mm. Well, that's not following okay. the rules. Can, 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 can I say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah Johnny, go ahead, man. You, you want, you, you, I'm gonna give you a minute of, of your ninety seconds. You can have it, brother. Go. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I probably won't need that. But now. You know, I, I, I was pretty affirmative with the yes, and, and this is why I say this here. You know, if you think back uh, years ago, President Obama said that in American crisis, people clutch to their to their Bibles and their guns. Okay. Now yeah. I look Let's at a lot. Of, you know, the, the the church that I attend has uh, over seven thousand members. Okay, three different church services. And there is a great deal of, of elderly people who, when, when you start becoming of age uh, as African-American, your God and, and, and your church and your pastor means everything to you. So you're going to have some persons that's going to be at high risk that's going to make it to that church. And the church, in all intents and purposes, is designed for the sinners, for, for those individuals who, 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 are, who are trying to be, you know, an example and trying to walk in the, path, in, in the footsteps of God like myself. So, therefore, the lifestyles that some people may live, they're coming into the church as high risk and they're impacting the elderly. So I think that there has to be rules to govern those individuals to safeguard themselves, you know, the, the Religion is is one that uh, is so broadly, you know, respected. Um, you know, oh, that's ninety seconds, religion. John. I gotta stop you, man. I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you. Just ninety seconds. Just ninety okay. seconds. I gave you full ninety. I got. I, I gotta step in, man. I got that definitely. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the last topic of the morning. <laughs> I spoke to the president this morning. Actually, just before I came in today, I apologize for being a few minutes late. Uh, and the president approved four new sites for emergency uh, medical facilities. 
one in Brooklyn at the Port Authority cruise ship terminal, it's called, one in Queens at Aqueduct Racetrack, one on Staten Island, and uh, one in the Bronx at the New York Expo Center. I went and toured these sites yesterday. They are perfect, well, perfect. None of this is perfect. They are appropriate and suitable to bring in large-scale medical facilities, the 100,000 square feet, 120,000 square feet. They're open. They have electric. They have climate control, et cetera. Uh, so this is going to be a big advantage. This is going to be a, we'll add another 4,000 beds. And there's one in every borough in New York City. All right, so that was uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, and you've heard us talk about him a little bit today, so I'm glad we did because we really don't have a whole lot of time to talk about this particular topic. But since it's New York and since it's Jerome, let me start with you. You know, we talked about how this guy is the adult in the room, and the fact is he's stepping up and showing leadership when others have not, especially the President of the United States. So now, does this help or hurt Andrew Cuomo as far as his standing uh, his political career, the coronavirus, does it help or hurt him, Jerome? Please, people are talking about him running for president. I think it's helping him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. People looked at him. You know, it's funny, and, and that's one of the comments that uh, that the pastor made, and and uh, and I want to want to read it during Chatterbox. Uh, but yeah, I, I think so. I agree with you. I think it helps him. What about you, Vanessa? What do you think? You think that this helps or hurt Governor uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo? I absolutely love Como. I share his statements and, and his speeches and his talks or whatever you want to call it. I share it as a watch party on my Facebook page, as a watch mm. party every time he comes on. So I really do like him, but I'd have to find out if he's the same person that needs to be a president. But I know one thing, he's handling his business right now. Wow. Wow, that's that's two two for Andrew Cuomo, uh, twenty twenty four. What about you? Uh, what about you, uh, Mr. Elias, man? Now you get the last word. Sorry. What about you, uh, Johnny, man? What do you think, man? You think this helps or hurt uh, Andrew Cuomo? You know, I, I think that he, he he has shown a likeness for for true leadership. And now, whether or not his aspirations uh, later on would be to run for the office of a president or anything beyond governor of New York, uh, who knows? Uh, he he's 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 definitely um, respectful of, of his flaws. He says sometimes he can be a little bit overbearing, and I think uh, Jerome mentioned that that earlier today. So he probably says on on, on a national scale, maybe I, I will not, you know resonate a whole lot of enthusiasm but knowing my people and that's really what it's about knowing your people knowing your constituents and serving them to the max and I think that he has done that wholeheartedly without any regards for outside uh, interference or or any political aspirations I think he's sincere about leading his state and that's why he's so effective he's not thinking beyond you know the the, the politics or he's not thinking about tomorrow you know on on what this is going to bring at least he doesn't appear to be so putting boots on the ground, saving lives is his focus right now, and I think that's why he's so effective as he is. He's worried about his now. Yeah, I think so. I think you said that was well said. Mr. Elias, man, first and last word. Mr. Elias, what do you think? Do you think this helps or hurt uh, Andrew Cuomo, his political career? I think it helps. Situation. 
I think it helps him, to be honest, because people are looking to him for leadership. So the bottom line is that if we don't have a leader in the uh, White House, and this is what they're looking at. They're looking at this guy. So bottom line is, yeah, I think it helps him. Um, Dave, like, like I said, you know, I, I got a, a thing on my smart news that says aspirations of being president, next president. That was, that's what that's what it said on my timeline, on my news, my, my news feed. But has he? But see, here's the question: I, Has he even thought about running for president? I, I don't remember even him having those those. Uh, I don't know. It just seems to me that I've. I don't know, man. I, I just. Oh, they, they had him. Um, sorry, Jay. They they had him up to run for president before Obama. Yeah. 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 Is so that right? Even I didn't know that. Around, oh God! Yeah. Yep. They thought he was positioning himself at some point. I know in New York State. Um, Someone asked me who was actually in the state senate. We were talking about something, and I said, "I think he's positioning himself to run for president." At you know, and that was that was two years ago. No, actually, that was before the Trump thing. And I think he decided not to run because Hillary was in there, and she was from New York State. So I think he he kind of wavered on it. But I think he's been positioning himself to run for president, and that's been the rumor for at least eight years. That he's gonna and y'all wow. know who his brother is, right? Y'all know who his brother is, correct? Yeah, more importantly, Como, his, Chris, yeah, his, Chris Cuomo. But Chris more Cuomo on CNN. Yeah, but more importantly, his father was Mario Cuomo, and Mario Cuomo was very popular as a governor in New York State. I mean, if Mario Cuomo at some point, and, and I was young when he was governor, but I swear, he, he is kind of JFK-ish in New York State. His father. Really? No, no. I like that Cuomo family. Yeah. Andrew Cuomo is conservative, though. Like, even as a Democrat, he, he takes hits because he's pretty conservative. And he's kind of a Republican masking as a Democrat, um, Cuomo is. But his father was very much a Democrat. And um, he was a really, he was a great speaker. I don't know how Andrew Cuomo is on the, on the stump speech, but his father was a pro. And so... When you talk about people running for office, it's like um, comparing anybody to President Obama. Nobody is going to be that guy. Nobody. There's very few people who were that good, but his father, Mario Cuomo, was really good at campaign speeches. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Wow. That's that's. Uh, so, all right. So, so far, uh, I think so. The talent. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Most people think if we go back and look at everything that we talked about, President Trump. This, I mean, President Trump. This hurts him. Uh, Vice President Biden. I think we're kind of split on that. I think some of us thinks it hurts him, and some of us thinks it does well. Or maybe it's the four you guys think it's it's good, and maybe it's just. Oh, it's, uh, and Andrew perfect, Cuomo. Biden huh? is in a perfect position. Biden is in a perfect position. Okay. I was gonna All save right. this uh, till the news. Yeah. But I was gonna save mm-hmm. it till the news, but Biden is. They just did a recent poll, and Biden is what about twenty five, twenty points ahead of Trump. So even though Trump, oh, wow. he's twenty five points ahead of him in a poll that they just did on Saturday. So it, even though people have approval ratings of Trump, which is good for Trump, he polling against Biden sucks. Oh wow. 
That's good. I can't wait to hear it because I know that with the news, usually you give us a little bit more detail, so maybe you'll give us a deeper dive into to that. That's good. Okay, I can't wait to, to wait till, till we get to that part of the show. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's time for the step out. Chatterbox coming up next, an abbreviated chatterbox. We're going to really hear from two people. Sorry, everybody else, and uh, and then we'll get to uh, you know my favorite part of the show on a need to know basis. We'll be right back after this. This message comes from NPR sponsor Vitas Healthcare. Days. Evenings, weekends, holidays. Vitas Healthcare clinicians are always available for their hospice patients, families, and healthcare partners. For more information, go to vitas.com slash advantage. Mayor of Jonesboro, Arkansas, says were it not for the coronavirus restrictions in place, things might have turned out differently after a tornado ripped through the area this weekend, taking direct aim at a shopping mall. People are kindly taking the real serious down this coronavirus in Jonesboro. And had we not had that here now, I would say you'd have a lot more people in that mall. And we could have had a much worse situation we have right now. The mall had been closed over the past several days due to coronavirus concerns. Officials say six people were hospitalized with minor injuries. But the twister tore up the mall and damaged or destroyed hundreds of homes. The Arkansas National Guard is helping to enforce a citywide curfew in effect at least through tomorrow night. Authorities in Hawaii rescued more than two dozen people after heavy rain and thunderstorms sparked flooding this weekend. Jackie Young from Hawaii Public Radio has more. Rescue crews used surfboards and kayaks to evacuate residents in waist-deep water on the east side of Kauai after heavy rain flooded their homes. Cars were filled with water up to the roofs. Residents reported waking up to loud thunder and lightning. Some say it was the worst flooding they've seen in more than 30 years. Rivers overflowed and bridges and roads were shut down. The American Red Cross opened an emergency shelter. On the north and east shores of Oahu, there was also heavy flooding and roads filled with muddy debris. A flash flood watch remains in effect for Kauai and Oahu. For NPR News, I'm Jackie Young in Honolulu. And I'm Giles Snyder in Washington. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Walden University. At Walden, they see greatness in you, and they have a doctoral degree program that can help you reach your full potential. Turn your passion into power and ignite your career. Learn more about our online doctoral programs at waldenu.edu slash doc. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. And let me swing to you, Mr. Elias. May anything in the chat room worth, worth mentioning on the air? Hey, uh, Kavina Man says, when Bloomberg spends those millions on the campaign ads, exposing how Trump allowed the cause of this pandemic here in the USA, Trump's approval rate will, will, will be lower than Bush's. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let me read. I have a couple here. Uh, first of all, let me see here. Did I lose them? Oh, my God. I think I lost them. All right, here we go. Uh, all right. So the pastor. Oh, pastor. I lost the first part of the comments, but I do have. He did talk about how. Um, gosh, 
how did I lose that real quick? Okay, what he did say at the beginning, Pastor Stephen F. Jones is what I'm referring to. He talked about how, um, you know, peace and blessings, like he always does, and he talks about how uh, he loves our show and it should be on CNN. But I got the second part of his comments, and he talked about, he answered this morning's questions. And let me start right there. He says, and here are my answers to this morning's questions. Uh, President Trump, it hurts him for all the reasons that were so eloquently explained on the show. VP Joe Biden, it hurts him because, like Jay said, we're not seeing the huge campaign rallies of enthusiastic supporters with their I'm with Joe Biden banners. Which, by the way, if this continues, what impact President Obama's what impact President Obama will have on the race without the scene of him endorsing Biden in front of a nation of people who still wishes he was still in office. Governor uh, uh, Cuomo, it helps him. He looks more presidential than the current president. All cable networks takes his news conferences live, even Fox. Marietta Music checked in. She says, hello, family, all is well. Still overseas, and I must admit that I'm well but nervous. Over 10,000 people have died here in Italy. Continue to keep all those who are being affected by this terrible virus in prayer. Pastor Jay, pray for your girl and fam. I love you all. She says, love you, Mommy. And then Pastor checked back in. He says, our church is closed until further notice. All right, wow. Uh, sorry about everybody else. I just can't get you in, but we, we got to get the show moving. So appreciate the comments from our, you know, people who have been with us for years. And we love everybody, but, you know, time is not allowing us to do it. And with that thought, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? All right, it's time for my favorite part of the show. On a needs no basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome Freeman. Jerome, what do you have for us this morning? Okay, well, first, the um, unemployment claims for unemployment benefits are on track to reach 3.5 million um, by the end of the third week of March, which marks the highest level unemployment seen in U.S. history. But they don't know what the numbers are yet, and there's doubt that the um, that the government will release those numbers because, you know, Trump doesn't want anybody to release the numbers, but we actually know through surveys and ADP and all the payroll companies that there's 1.4 million um, expected. It's probably going to be a lot higher if the government releases their numbers as well. So unemployment is expected to shoot, um, shoot up drastically. There's no estimates on what it will be, but it's expected to be like that. Now, self-pity and sadness are the seeds of the devil, is what the Pope says. He warned during his live stream mass as he urged Christians not to complain about everything. Pope Francis gave his um, um, gave his, his speech via webcam from a chapel in the Vatican um, residence this week, urging Christians not to indulge in the evil of self-pity but to instead make positive changes. So this week, um, Fred Curley Neal, who from the Harlem Globetrotters, he was he played for 22 years. He died at the age of 77 in Houston. Uh, his cause of death was undisclosed, but you know, I think didn't Metal Art um, pass before? Um, was it last year? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So Curley Neal has passed, and also civil rights. Um, legend and leader Joseph Lowry who used to campaign with 
um, Dr. Martin Luther King, he passed away at age 98. Some say that he was 99, but I think they're reporting that he was 98, um, that he passed. Now, since we had this on the show, we'll talk about poll numbers, but um, Vice President Joe Biden takes a massive 25-point lead against Trump in battleground counties as they kind of narrowed down the polling data um, in battleground counties. The former VP, um, what they're calling, it was a hotly contested race in 2016 between Trump and Hillary. It was only um, three points within each other in that poll, but now it's a 25-point lead um, in the Joe Biden-Trump um, polling. So, again, I think that they're under-polling at this point. <laughs> I think it's probably worse than that. So uh, since we had that conversation, I wanted to put that out there. Polling was done on Saturday. Mm. Now, the federal government, the CDC, is tracking American cell phones to see how they move and spread the uh, coronavirus during the pandemic. So the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, state and local governments, have started reviewing data about the presence and the movement of people in certain areas. I don't know if you guys saw the map, but even after spring break or something in Florida, they tracked cell phone data of people who left the area and where they went throughout the country and lit it up on a map. And they pretty much spread out all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. Them, yeah, yep, that, those spring breakers, they, they didn't care. Hey, how's it working out for you? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's also a, a, a story of a father in New York State whose son, um, I won't say his name, I actually know it, but uh, he, his son went on spring break to, uh, I guess it's a Texas and um, he wouldn't let him back in the house. He refused to allow his college-age son, 21, hey. after he, ign- <laughs> he ignored his warnings not to go on spring break. And, um, I get it. Yep, he said he could affect the, infect the family. So yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yep, so maybe he, hopefully he put him up in a, ho- in a nice hotel or something, but he's not allowed back. Okay, that's what it gets to being crazy and arrogant. Yes. Right? Yep, there you go. Have yep. at it. <laughs> now, Canadian Prime Minister um, Justin Trudeau's wife, Sophie, has recovered from the coronavirus. Um, she, caught, um, she caught it when she was in London. And she said she's feeling much better. Um, she announced that she did receive clearance from her doctor and Ottawa Public Safety, uh, um, Public Health on Saturday, so she's doing better. Now, U.S. air travel has fallen nearly 84% in two weeks since the virus was declared national emergency. TSA data shows the number of daily passengers fell by almost 84%, or 1.44 million between March um, 13th. Wow. Yeah, and Monday, um, March 24th. Yep, 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 yep. I know, I was going to say, I know Vanessa probably know these numbers someplace, right? Um, well, yeah, I'm keeping up with it because my my money's tied with the airline, but but it's they're, they're gonna be all right. But they have cut forty percent of the flights. So my company has cut forty percent of the flights, and uh, well, my people are so bored. They said they check in two people in six hours. That they doing uh, electric slide and stuff and filming it, and I'm sharing <laughs> it on Facebook. They up there getting paid. 
to dance wow. and having a good time because they know that they so senior, the company's not going to lay them off. So that's well, interesting. That's, yep, and that's what the well. um, that's what the money is that two trillion dollars. You know what what kills me about the two trillion dollars for this pandemic emergency? You know what kills me about that? Mm-hmm. Next time we talk about reparations, we're like, we don't have that kind of money. Yep. Yeah, but they got it for this. You know, anytime we correct <laughs> Social Security, we gonna mm-hmm. go broke. There is no way. Yeah. We can do that because we gonna go broke. They're like, okay, um, two trillion, and we gonna have to give out the more next month problem. <laughs> like, money yep. is they very good. Okay, Canada's giving out four thousand. Did y'all know that Canada's giving mm-hmm. out four thousand dollars a month? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Canada is doing a better job than everybody else, and you talk about the amount of GDP that they're spending, but they know. That you can't make money without no workers. So you can't let your people die to give bonuses to CEOs and company owners. That whole trickle down of the Reagan era, that if you make rich people rich, they'll pay poor people. Well, if all the poor people die, then technically <laughs> you ain't have no workers. Rich people don't push the economy. Yeah. So, Jerome, this is what I don't get. And anybody else on the panel who wants to answer if they're doing two trillion dollars and they're getting ready to do another stimulus package, and five hundred million went to the rich for a slush fund, and they did everything they could mm-hmm. to make sure the Trump family didn't get any, I'm just trying to understand these big companies, including the airlines, did not get tax. They don't have to pay tax, and they got all of that money. Did any of these companies save any of that money that Trump let them not pay taxes on for the last three years? No. I'm just no. asking. Nope. <laughs> you're a, you're a nope. preacher to the choir on this one. We all know. And again, that's why money's smart. Go ahead. All right. That's what. That's why you got all these. Like, like when you have all these people like Bubba Bright. I hate the poor, and we keep giving money to the poor. You're giving money to the rich. You're giving money to the rich. You don't say that damn thing about it. You don't right. say nothing about giving money to these corporations who have the biggest tax breaks. Hell, Amazon don't have to pay a dime. They don't have to pay a dime in taxes. These other airlines and everything else don't have to pay a dime in taxes. They get taxed. And breaks. Zuckerberg either on Facebook. Yes, yeah, but yet and still you're giving them money. And you know what's, you you know what's strange is that they'll sit there and say stuff like, you know, with all the people sitting home and being lazy and getting money from the government, that is not even a drop in the bucket. It ain't even close <laughs> to the money that these fools are getting. See, but it shows how capitalism makes you play on each other. Poor people play on mm-hmm. each other by thinking that they're the enemy. That's why during the Reagan yep. era that they kept saying this welfare queen kind of stuff and all of that. They made poor white folks think that it was black people who were getting money when black people weren't getting money, and it just kept them mm-hmm. infighting while everybody else raped you for your dollars. Yep, and that's what happens. That's what they're doing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, and 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 if you really want to know it, it's not the rich people that push the economy; it's the poor. Because the poor people spend money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how you not pay help poor people out. They don't spend their money. And one of the things, the, the most notable things about this pandemic is that the people who are keeping everybody going now is the working people. It ain't the rich people. Mm-hmm. You know, nope. people keep talking about the athletes giving up money and paying stadium workers. The billionaires who own these companies ain't paying the, the stadium workers. Just the it is the farmers. It is those farmers out there still picking them tomatoes 
and, and I ain't seen not a black face, and I didn't see a white face either that's out there picking the tomatoes and the corn and stuff because I posted talking, it on my page talking, about a week ago. I know what you're talking about, and I thank them, and I thank the truck drivers too. Well, well look, at, look at this. We're talking about the people who are stocking store shelves, the people who are at the gas mm-hmm. station, the people who are, you know, the truck drivers, like you said. We're talking about people who are janitors, who are sweeping up, who are at the hospitals. We're talking all of those people who everybody likes to dump on about being a drag on everybody else's economy, and we're giving them health coverage that they don't deserve and all that. They're the ones who are floating everybody right now. They're the ones who are That's keeping everybody sure. going. That's so, sure. you know, it's, we're, we're sick as a com- country, and we need to rethink the whole model of capitalism because it does not work. When it comes down to it We need to rethink how we divvy up resources We need to start looking out for people And um, You know start doing things a little different And I think it, I think More than changing The political race campaign It's going to It's going to change how people are looking at their government Because it is government's responsibility When everybody goes down To make sure everybody's okay It's the government's responsibility It is not your own personal responsibility to stay safe during a pandemic is the government. That's why you pay taxes. Mutual responsibility. And and if you didn't get this, um, please watch or turn on to Adam Ruins Everything. You know, watch that show. I know they put it in a kind of a, it's on True TV. They put it in kind of a, a comedy kind of way. But when they start going over how the government is set up and talking about the Constitution and talking about redlining, you are going to learn some stuff about this country that will have you, not your hair on fire, but it will give you a different perspective about why, you know, civil rights legislation is sucks and why in the 60s the civil rights legislation didn't, um, didn't, uh, was not new legislation. It just enforced old legislation that they had on the books that nobody would enforce. It was not something new. Right. So anyway, Adam ruins everything on True TV. Go check it out. Now, speaking of bad news when it comes to race, Byron Allen's $20 billion racial discrimination case against Comcast received a blow at the Supreme Court. Comcast, in a unanimous ruling on Monday, won. The court states that Allen must prove that racial bias was the sole cause of the cable giant refusing to carry his channel. And this was reported by The Wrap. And the case has now been put back into the Ninth uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco. But in Allen's statement, he said, in part, that the ruling is harmful to the civil rights of millions of Americans, um, calling the day a very bad day for the country. And he also assured his supporters that he'll continue to fight by going to Congress and presidential candidates to revise the statute to overcome um, this decision by the United States Supreme Court, which significantly diminishes our civil rights. So it was a blow. It is very sad. I would not even read the story for the first few days that I saw it, but it is a bad day when the Supreme Court ruled to do that, that he needs to prove that he was discriminated against when Comcast obviously discriminated against him. They need to discriminate that it was race. What you say? Wow. That's yeah. crazy, man. That is crazy. Mm. Yep. Now, um, yep. 
Now, a white supremacist who was 36 was shot and killed by the FBI for plotting to blow up a Missouri hospital with a truck bomb because the federal government was too slow to react to the coronavirus crises. So Timothy Wilson, 36, was shot after the FBI attempted to serve him a warrant in um, Belton, Missouri. People are going mm. um, crazy. Wow. Now, yeah. Now, now, Governor New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has launched uh, antibody tests um, to identify those who recover from the coronavirus without knowing it, so that young people can get back to work and restart the economy. Is what they're saying. It's a part of Cuomo's plan to restart the economy while protecting public health. He says that both can be done at the same time if we act um, intelligently about it. So. What we suspect, or what most people suspect, is that the coronavirus has been around for a while before the pandemic, and that people have already built antibodies against it. If we know who those people are, they can develop a vaccine using the antibodies. So we just don't know who already had it or not. So some people who have had it and already recovered and just don't know it. Also, Governor Cuomo um, on Saturday threatened to sue Rhode Island after its governor announced that visitors from New York would be forced to a mandatory 14-day quarantine. Um, the measure, while extreme, is necessary, is what she's saying, because New York City area is the epicenter of the um, coronavirus pandemic, pandemic and, um, and is needed to control the spread, is what she said on Saturday. The order came the same day as Rhode Island's National Guard military police started pulling over vehicles with New York license plates get contact information for drivers and passengers and to inform them of the quarantine order. Now, Cuomo said that this is illegal, and she's th- he's threatening to sue them. You can't just pull over somebody because mm. they have New York license plates. Because wow. Rhode Island is so close to New York, all of those states are really tiny. New- Rhode Island, Delaware, whatever, people live in those states and work in New York City. So just because they have a New York license plate, you can't just target people. Um, anyway, so Cuomo threatening the student, um, Rhode Island. All right, All right no. we have time for one more, Jerome. Um, let's see. Okay, so well, give us two more. Give us two more. Give us two more. Give us two more. Two more. All right. Um, you know, the federal student loan payments are suspended for six months, and unpaid debt collection is fl- frozen as um, during this Corona um, time. So they're freezing all of that. So you're not going to get any debt collectors calling you. And also in public health news, weed vendors say that customers are stocking up on cannabis um, <laughs> because it may last month. The so recreational pot sales were up 50% uh, from March 16th to 27th, while medical marijuana <laughs> sales were up 41% over the year for customers preparing for long periods of isolation. Get your weed. Mm. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I don't indulge. I do the same thing. I don't indulge, but smoke them if you got them. That's what they're saying. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jerome. Well, you're not the public health minister. We're going to ignore that advice. Thank you very hey, much. Hey, don't sir. ignore that advice. All right. It ain't going to hurt you. That's, you can, that's good, advice, you good advice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, you two, you two guys are clouds. Right. So next. now it is time for our final thoughts. Ladies, the first, Miss Vanessa May Belly from the McAnally Finest Law, sweetie. Okay. First, let me say 
I love each and every one of you. I don't want anything to happen to any one of you. Please kind of shelter in place as much as you can, unless you're in Home Depot like me and Jay. Um, I don't know what Jay's doing. <laughs> but this is serious. I have upper respiratory, serious upper respiratory. And I have been staying the distance from my own husband in my house. And I'm going to until Friday when we have been released, which I'm still not going out of my house. I don't care. I'm, I'm staying close to home, even past that week. Um, pray for the nurses and the, the medical people. I ask for nothing of myself at this time, Lord. I just want you to help the people that's trying to help the people, the healthcare workers, the truck drivers that are tired. I mean, just to do something nice for them. I took money off of my tenant's rent for the next couple of months, and I blocked his lease from going up until September. Do something nice for somebody that's out there trying to do something nice for the country. I'm just saying. If you see them at a McDonald's or at a Whataburger or something, buy them a hamburger. If you see a truck driver or somebody that's out there in that rig, and tell them thank you. And thank the Lord for keeping us healthy and safe in this time of crisis. So at this time, Lord, I just want to say thank you for whatever you're going to do for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. And y'all have a good weekend. Keep the distance. Well, I'll tell you what, I got my church this morning on the show. You, you, you're feeling really pastorized today. Okay, Vanessa, thank you so much. All right, Johnny D, man, final thoughts. Johnny D? Johnny D. Okay, we'll get, come back to him. All right, Jerome, man, final thoughts. Wow, what's happening? Hello? Did I run everybody off? Did everybody no, 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 run? no. I don't know. <laughs> I was actually I was actually gonna say I actually would like my last words to be Vanessa. <laughs> so I wanna defer to Vanessa and uh, just tell everybody have a good and safe week. And be easy, Marianne. We're actually praying for you as well. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Great plan. Oh my goodness! All right, Mr. Elias gets the first and last word, man. Final thoughts. I think Hawk was on. Hey Jay, I just want to. Oh, he's yeah, back. Okay, there he is. Final thoughts, Hawk. Go ahead. Hello. Hey, I'm yeah, having a terrible ahead, reception and, and, and have. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I did hear you say um, last, so I missed Jerome's and Miss Most of Miss Vanessa's uh, closing comments, but I did hear her roll out about those individuals who first responded. Uh, again. Thank you for the opportunity to serve uh, just just to show how real this is. Since we have been on the air, there's been another 3,917 people confirmed with COVID-19 and 231 people have died in a two-hour span. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's and that's according to John here. Hopkins. That, that's according to John Hopkins. It's mm. a wild update. Oh boy. Well, wow. all right, man. That's wow. All right, Mr. Elias, man. We're a minute out, man. Give us your final thoughts. 
Look, folks, just, just take this take this virus real, for real. My uh, my one of my best friends is dying from it. They, I just got a text that says that he's they're they've given up on him and they're not expecting him to make it. Mm. So take it for take it real, folks. I mean, this is I mean he's fifty six years old. He's got a, my his daughter is my my goddaughter, you know. And my God, folks, if you don't believe what this man in our White House is saying to you, believe it. He's not. He's, he's a joke. So vote him out of office. Get him out. Get him out. How many people have to die before you people realize that he's doing a horrible job? Get him out. All right. Uh, we're going to say bye to the people that's listening live. We appreciate you. Love you. We'll see you next week. Please be safe. those listening uh, in overtime which are that's usually the sign when the music goes up high that means we're now uh, off the air live but we're here uh, on the air uh, if you're listening to the show obviously in, in rewind you can hear the whole, the whole end of the show alright listen uh, I just want to first of all my, my condolences and, and I'm going to say my prayer thoughts and prayers to Mr. Elias Jacob's family I, I, I knew Jacob as well I just saw him in January so to hear this news is devastating and I know for those of you all and I'm reading a lot of the comments that are coming in from people and folks are saying you know everybody's trying to blame President, President Trump for the virus we're not trying to blame the president for the virus we're blaming the president for not being prepared for the virus. You know, come on, he didn't make up the coronavirus, but the bottom line is that this administration knew about this. They knew about this two months ago, and they did absolutely nothing. Go back and look at his press conferences when he talked about all oh, it'll be over. We only had five people, and it'll be over, you know, in a few few days. And when it gets hot, it's going to go away. And and you know, we don't want people coming off the ship because we want to keep our numbers down. Think about this nonsense that comes from his mouth every day. So no, the fact that he got rid of the pandemic office that the Obama administration left in place because he didn't want people sitting around doing nothing. That, those are his words, not mine. I'm not making this yeah. up. That's what he said. Go back and look at it. They've talked to former Obama administration people saying, look, had that office still would have been in place, they would have had a virus by now. They said they left the Trump administration a playbook on how to handle this. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Go out and do the research. What is going on here is a tragedy. And I'm telling you right now, that this guy, your president, he has blood on his hands. Because I'm not yes, saying that people does. would not have died because of this, but I guarantee you, had we been better prepared, the death tolls, in my opinion at least, wouldn't be as bad as they are now. Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. Folks, please be safe. Please use common sense and do yourself a favor and stay away from crowds and people more than you. So, for Mr. LDS, so for Jerome Spree, Johnny D, and Vanessa, I'm Jay Ross saying have a wonderful work week, safe work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is serious. God bless you all. We love y'all. Here, here, we do.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. 